Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 109. This is the day that I'm going to begin to answer the best I can some of the details of Solomon's temple. I have had so many questions about the temple, and not just the temple that Solomon built, but the second temple, about the future temples, or temple as someone would say, I believe there's going to be more than one. But I'm going to answer some questions about Solomon's temple, and so you need to get your Bibles if you have an opportunity to, and just read 1 Kings chapter 6. Now, first of all, when was it built? The Solomon's temple was built. It was begun in the fourth year, according to the book of 1 Kings chapter 6, of Solomon's reign. That means that somewhere around 966 B.C., Before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Solomon began building the temple. It took him seven years to build it. Now, by the way, he built himself a house that was grandiose on every scale, and it took almost twice as long for him to build his own house and that of Pharaoh's daughter, that he built another one almost like the one that he lived in. And so he put a lot of effort into where he lived. But for seven years, he built the great temple that people came from all over the known world to see. And the scripture talks about that in 1 Kings chapter 6. And as you have questions about it, I would encourage you to just go to the Word of God. And if you're reading a King James or a New King James or an NASB, I would have that on hand. But I would read it in a more modern version that already has all the cubits laid out for you because that's not hard to determine. A, a cubit is 18 inches, basically. That's the length of a man from the tip of his finger to the elbow of his right arm. Arm. Uh, that's usually about 18 inches. And it's if you don't have a measuring stick, you can always use your arm and you'll get a cubit. Now, a royal cubit was longer than that. And so there's arguments as to what the cubits were that were used in the temple. But we'll save that for another day because of time. It says it was mid-spring during the fourth year of Solomon's reign. Remember, David reigned and died. He reigned 40 years, and then he died, and Solomon took over in 971. Well, this is the spring of the year, and it says that he began construction on the temple of the Lord, which was 480 years from the people of Israel who were delivered from slavery in the land of Egypt. That means that you can take 966, 967, that era, that period of about 12 months there, and you can count 480 years onto that, and that will bring you to 1446, 1447, and that is when the exodus took place. Now, you say, well, archaeology, well, archaeology is not an accurate science down to the year, and sometimes archaeologists are good at finding things, they're just not good at following instructions on how to date it. Now, the Word of God is without error. 
And so it can't be in the 1200s that they had the Exodus because God said from the time that Solomon started the temple, which is a pretty fixed date, that 966, 967, and he finished it in, it would have been 959. And so in that seven-year period there, if you add on 480 years, you're going to get into the 1400s, 1446, 1447. And so that is when I date the Exodus, and that's when I've always dated it because God's word is accurate. Verse 2 says, The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, 45 feet high, and the foyer at the front of the temple was 30 feet wide, running across the entire width of the temple. And all of these measurements are given, and it is incredible. And there's a couple of things that are just fascinating as far as the amount of gold and silver and bronze that are on the floor. And you can continue to read about this through this entire sixth chapter of First Kings. And it's fascinating. And it says that, like verse 14, so Solomon finished the building of the temple. The entire inside from the floor to ceiling was paneled with wood. He paneled the walls and ceilings with cedar. He used cypress for the floor. So the floor was wooden. It was not stone. It was wooden. And it was cypress and cedar. Now, when we think of cedar in America many times, except for out in California, we're thinking about red cedar. That's not what the cedar is here. The cedar of Lebanon gives a a beautiful wood, almost like a cypress. It is incredibly beautiful. And if you're ever in Israel, there are still some of the old churches that have cedar of Lebanon in it, and even as old as it is and as much as it's been covered and the lamps in some of these churches have blackened it, when they clean that, you can see the beautiful cedar of Lebanon and the wood that it is. I've seen much of it in my lifetime, and it is incredibly beautiful. But when we think of cedar, we think of like a cedar chest and the color of that. That's not what this is. Neither is it that in the smell. And he partitioned off the inner sanctuary, the most holy place. That's the Holy of Holies. That's the far end of the temple. It was 30 feet deep and was paneled with cedar from the floor to the ceiling. And the main room of the temple outside the most holy place was 60 feet long. Cedar paneling completely covered the stone walls throughout the temple and the paneling was decorated with carvings of gourds and open flowers, like a flower in bloom is what that means. Solomon prepared the inner sanctuary in the rear of the temple. That would have been on the western side where the Ark of the Lord's Covenant would have been placed. This inner sanctuary was a cube. It was 30 feet long, 30 feet high, 30 feet wide. And Solomon, listen to this, overlaid its walls and ceiling with pure gold. He also overlaid the altar made from cedar, and he overlaid the rest of the temple's interior with pure gold. Now, what that means is when you walked into the holy place and the most holy place, it was solid, sparkling gold. Can you imagine when he had these various lampstands? There wasn't just one lampstand, but they lined up on either side of those walls for the entire distance of the walls, and the flickering of those lights was the only light that was in there. Can you imagine the aroma of the incense altar, the bread that had been baked every day was fresh, and then you had this light flickering and the smell of precious olive oil that had been scented 
burning. So every part of a man's senses would be alive when he went in. And when you think about these beautiful cherubim that were on the inside, it's hard to get a hold of because these cherubim were 15 feet tall. That is like going to the top of a professional basketball backboard, maybe just a little bit above that. That's how tall the cherubim were that covered the ark because they stood 15 feet tall and their wingspan was 15 feet either side. So that means they were seven feet. Each wing was, and they covered one touch one side of the wall, the other touch the other side of the wall, and they covered the ark. So they were so tall, they were so wide. And when they put the ark in the middle of it, It was that same Ark of the Covenant. It only had one thing in it, actually one element, and that is the the two tablets, because the pot of manna that Hebrews chapter 9 talks about and the rod of Aaron's that budded were no longer in there. And so these huge, huge angelic creatures with their wings were standing there, and you can imagine what that would have looked like. Now, I went back and looked at the tonnage of gold, and I've worked on this and put it together. I've checked it with other people who do this as a regular basis. And I want to just give you some figures here, and I know time is going along, so hang with me here. And I'm going to give you the budget somewhat of the um, gold and silver. David's royal treasury had 100 tons of gold in it. David's personal wealth was 100 tons of gold. He had 235 tons of silver. The leaders of Israel gave another 170 tons of gold. They gave 340 tons of silver, 610 tons of bronze, and of iron, 3,400 tons. Now listen to this. This means that in the temple and in the treasury was 270 tons of gold, 570 tons of silver, 610 tons of bronze, and 3,400 tons of iron. If the gold sold on the market today, 570 tons of silver would go for $755 million. Now, this was uh, sometime back a few years ago when I did this. And the gold, listen to this, 270 tons of gold at that time when I did this would be worth an astounding $15.3 billion. Of dollars. And I looked at uh, Randall Price's work. I've looked at Lean Rittmeyer's. I've looked at many others. And Randall Price got the exact same tonnage that I did, the same dollar figures that I did. We're talking about billions of dollars worth of gold and silver. I'm just telling you, God did something lavishly. And I know, I know that people say all the time, well, whatever it is that we're doing for God, it's just doing and we're just simple and we don't need to do anything elaborate. Well, sometimes that is true, but I want to tell you anything that God does, he does first class. He really does. And if you don't have it, that's one thing. But if you do have it, where would you want to put something in the Lord's work or in your own house? Uh Uh-huh. And so let's just 
put things where they need to be. Remember, God sent a fiery prophet named Haggai to talk with the people who had laid the foundation of the temple but didn't build it. And for 14 years, they didn't finish the work or start back the work. And so he sent Haggai. And if you'll recall, he says, you bring in all this money, but it just blows away and there's holes in your pocket and you never have enough. And he said, consider your ways and look what's happening. You let the house of God lie in ruins and the Lord's work go unsupported while you're building your own kingdom and building your own house. Read the book of Haggai and you'll see God really is interested in where we put our support and where we put our money. So you pray about what you're doing in relationship to your stewardship before God because God is serious about this and he wants us to do it the way that he does it. Put the emphasis where he puts it. If you want to argue about it, I'll be delighted to do that. And all you have to do is just write questions at TonyCrisp.org and I'll try to answer yours. I hope this answers some of your questions about the dimensions and the beauty of the first temple, the one that's called Solomon's Temple. Look at that First Kings and First Chronicles material and you'll see it is absolutely in the Kings and Chronicles material. It is fascinating the wealth that God gave to David and to his son Solomon. Well, I hope this is a blessing to you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.